Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As always, let's go ahead and pray before we get into this lesson. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Ask that you open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word on today. Um, help give us your understanding, your wisdom, clarity, that we may fully grasp what it is that we're learning on today. Um, Lord God, I pray that a breakthrough happens for somebody on today. I pray that they receive the answers that they've been looking for today. I pray they hear things that they need to hear in Jesus' name, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to use me as you see fit. Help me to teach effectively and to be a good teacher. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank God and amen. I don't know what it is today. Um, it's like uh, I was sitting down and had my lunch. <laughs> and so... Um, you know, listen to me a little podcast. I started doing that now. Um, just trying to listen to more spiritually based podcasts to help with my mindset overall. And I don't know, as soon as I finished doing all of that and I was getting ready, like I knew immediately, like, okay, I got to listen. And all of a sudden, anxiety hit. <laughs> Not necessarily an anxiety attack, but this this sudden surge of anxiety. I'm like, okay, that never happens. Like sometimes um, I will get a little bit anxious, a little nervous uh, when it's time for me to, to teach the lesson, but not like this. So I just feel like you know, maybe there is something in this lesson today uh, that's gonna help somebody. And um, the enemy is upset about that, so he is trying to attack me through my anxiety. Um, but we know that God is able, that um, God is always victorious, and we had a victory through him. So we never worry about that. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, last week, right, we had talked about or we had an assignment last week. So week three, is that correct? Yes. Week three, um, we meditated on Psalms 20. So Psalm 20, we meditated on that. We went through it, and we were to circle those words um, that had something to do with, oh, my goodness, uh, I have the instructions. With help, trouble, and what was the other word? Or need. So I had to circle the words with help, trouble, or need in Psalms 20. Uh, so I went off of my King James Version 
why do not pray? Uh, Psalms 20, this is King James Version. Uh, the Lord, hear thee in the day of trouble. I circle trouble. Uh, the name of the God, Jacob, defend thee. Verse 2, send thee help. Circle the word help. From the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Uh, remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Verse 4, grant thee accordance in thy own heart and fulfill all thy petitions. I just went in and circled petitions. Uh, five, we will rejoice in thy salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord God, or the Lord, fulfill all thy petitions. I circle petitions again. Uh, I meant to circle salvation too, but that's okay. Verse six, now I know that the Lord saveth, I circled that word, is anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength, I circled saving of his right hand. Verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Verse 8, they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Verse 9, save Lord, let the king hear us when we call. So, again, there was no right or wrong necessarily on this assignment. It was just go through Meditate on this verse, uh, circle those things, those keywords or so that stick out to you. And uh, there's other things we had to do too, right? So uh, most of these we did together, but there were some questions that were like personal kind of questions, things that you got to answer on your own. And I was going to read them, my responses this week. Okay. <clears throat> so. Um, let's see, what are the Lord's promises in the psalm? I'm just going to go through all of them, yeah. <laughs> what are the Lord's promises in the psalm? Uh, he will hear us, save us, strengthen us. Three, are there any conditions that need to be met in order for his promise to be fulfilled? That one I said I needed to study a little more. Uh, but at the time, I went ahead and wrote, must worship, serve him, remember his name, and trust in him. Uh, verse, uh, I'm sorry, question four. According to the psalm, what sets a person securely on high or in a place of security above the circumstances of a situation? And we had read that it was in the first verse, right? The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble, the name of the God of Jacob, defend thee. And right, so in the name of the God of Jacob. And uh, question five, on what basis can we set up banners of victory? Again, that was in verse five. Right in the name of our God, uh, in full. Read verse five and four. We rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Okay. Uh, question number six. What does the answer to question five tell you about the name of God? Now, this was something. One of those questions, like I said, that was like a personal, reflective question, right? So I had said, um, I can only win by his name alone. Right? As it says, we will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. And quick note. Okay, I don't know about another version. I know in the King James, let me see if it has it also in the ESV. Really quick. 
verse 5. Yes, it is. Okay, so at least in the ESV and in the King James, uh, you will note that that word LORD is in all caps. Typically, when you see that, that is God's personal name. Now, uh, some say Yahweh, um, but you'll see the what's called a tetragram or the shortened form, which is uh, Y-H-W-H. Um, it can be said Jehovah, Jehovah, right? But that's his personal name. It is a sacred name. Okay? So we're not just calling out to just anybody. It's, that is a moment where it's like I am having a close, intimate relationship with the Lord when I can call him personally by name, right? And where we had kind of talked about that uh, one week, right, it's different when people who don't really know me, they call me Jacqueline, or they'll call me Jackie, but it's because they don't feel like saying my full name versus those people who they call start off calling me Jacqueline, but they call me Jackie because it's just an affectionate type way, right, when you... Uh, you know, somebody who's named Jack, and maybe you call him Jackie or something. <laughs> it's not necessarily like, well, Jack is just, you know, Jackie. No, it's just something that you, you do, right? So as we're drawing close to the Lord, and I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm slowing down a little bit. But it's a personal relationship with God, okay? So back to this review, right? I can only win by his name, because only in his name do I get the victory. Only in his name can I rejoice in, in salvation while I'll be able to set up my banners. I can only win by his name alone. Not in my name, his name. And then uh, verse 7, why are they boasting in the name of the Lord? And I said, because they know that God provides for them he has helped them before, and they know God to be trustworthy. Therefore, they boast in his name because his name has never failed them. So that was what uh, I had put down. Okay. And then I'm trying to remember, was there something else? Yes. So uh, final assignment. I'm sorry, we had the final assignment, but then we also had some small group questions. So the next assignment after that was we're supposed to turn our heart's desire into a prayer, right? And, and uh, Joyce asked us to tell your father what you need. Thank him that he wants to be known by you in greater depth. So we had our memory verse, which was Proverbs 18 and 10, and then the small group question, right? So my prayer was short, <laughs> okay? Um, I said, Lord, reveal to me what it is I truly need and let my heart desire those things. Show me what it is I actually want. And if it's not of you, remove it and replace it with something better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. reason why I wrote that, uh, most of y'all know my situation, I am unemployed, right? And even in that, on that particular day, or I guess that week, because I usually, yeah, that particular week, um, 
I remember, you know, after writing that last prayer, right about, um, let me see if I can find it, writing about our fears and our anxieties, the things that are bothering us, that trouble us, um, just really harping on, like, God, I need a job, 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 just over and over and over again until finally that particular day he stopped me um, before I even did, did the prayer and was like, what do you actually want? Like, do you do you really want to work? Do you really want a job? Or do you just want something to look busy? Do you just want something so that you don't feel ashamed in front of people? You don't, you know, when you are before people, you can look important or seem like you have some kind of importance because you don't like your current situation right now. And he was like, if you just want something to look, you know, to keep you busy or whatever, then you just really just keep doing what you've been doing and go about your business. But if you actually want, you know, oh, you know, a job or whatever, then, yeah, I can give you that. But really understand what it is that you're asking me for. And so I'm like, okay, but I, I thought I wanted this, you know, like I thought. Um, so, yeah, like that was eye-opening. Um, like, okay, well, God, I, I need money. <laughs> um, but for God to be like, mm, or do you need me? Hard. So definitely uh, still growing in that area. Right. So small group questions. Uh, first one, before the study, how did you picture God in your mind? Right. So like I said, some of these are real like stuff you got to answer on your own. Right. So I put uh, before the study, I saw him as a figure, often as something intangible. Um, it's like, you know, God is God and he exists. Is supreme being. We know all of that. Okay. Um, but for me, is I just, okay, he's just a big figure in the sky. I just know that he's a supreme being, right? Um, and that's just kind of how I saw him before I started doing the study. Uh, second question, what was so significant about a name in biblical time. So that was the one you had to be listening to the previous studies, taking notes from the previous studies, right? And the answer is that it's a reflection of someone's character. So that's why biblical names were really important. Remember we talked about that, I think, in week one, uh, about the significance of biblical names and how it reflects that person's character and who they are. Three, why is it important that we know the name of our God? I wrote, because we then begin to know him more intimately and we can learn to trust him more. You can't trust someone you don't know. Um, how can you, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I have a relationship with God and you, you don't even know who God is. You don't even know who God is for you. You just know what you've heard about him. I'm not going to cut it. I can't be in a relationship with somebody I don't know. 
personally for myself. I can't even have a friendship with somebody I don't know. And we have a bad habit of doing that too. We call automatically just call people friend. You don't even know them. <laughs> yeah, you know, let me talk to my friend. Well, friend, acquaintance. <laughs> right. So by knowing his name, we know the significance of his name. We know who we call on. We know who he is in our life because we know what that name means. Not just something that we just saying, just to be saying. Uh, verse 4, or I'm sorry, chapter 4, or question 4. In Psalms 20, God talks about men who boast in chariots and horses and men who boast in the name of the Lord. Uh, did you see the difference of these two types of people? What is the contrast, right? So, uh, I wrote down those who boast in their own strength will fall, but those who boast in God while they may fall, will rise and stand tall. I didn't mean to rhyme it, but how it came out, right? So when you stand in yourself, when you boast in yourself, I did that all me, all day, you're going to fall. And it's going to be embarrassing for you. Um, It's not going to be good for you. But when we stand in God's name, even though we fall down, Because let's go back to that verse real quick. Uh, That was in verse 7. Now, this is the ESV. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. I'm sorry. Uh, Verse 8. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Okay, in order for you to rise, you had to have been knocked down at some point. You had to have been down to rise. So, yeah, I might get knocked down. I might be flat on my back, but I'm going to rise again, and I'm going to stand tall in his name because I know who it is that's helping me get through that season of my life. He's helping me deal with that challenge or that obstacle or whatever. Okay. Uh, question five, what does trusting in chariots mean? How does that apply today? So, again, Going back to the notes, right? Uh, Whatever things or people you place trust or confidence in, that is your horse and chariot. Back then, horses and chariots were a means of protection or escape. In today's time, that might be a loved one, a friend, a job or money, a gun, a car, uh, one's own strength and intellect, a degree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you place your confidence or your trust in, that's your horse and chariot. If it ain't God, that's your horse and chariot. Uh, Number six, can you remember a time when you trusted in horses and chariots? What was the result? And I said many times. Uh, This is something I have to work at almost every day. When I think I'm wiser than God, nothing goes right. When I think I'm stronger without him, I make a fool of myself, and I destroy my own blessings. Nothing good has ever come from me doing anything outside of God. Nothing. (laughs) Because he said you can do nothing apart from me. That was in John 
either John 14 or 15. He's talking to his disciples, right, about the true vine. I am the true vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do nothing outside of him. So especially with, you know, these these lessons or just in general, when I finally do kind of find myself back in a, a groove where it's just me and the Lord, I'm spending time, and he's imparting all this knowledge and wisdom to me and revealing all these things. And I'm just like, oh, wow, I get it now. And, you know, and it's just it's exciting. But at the same time, if I'm not careful, I'll get caught up in myself. And I forget who it was that revealed those things to me and who gave me that insight to even see and understand the stuff that I had been reading over and over and over again. And then one day that light bulb goes off. Okay, well, that came from the Holy Spirit, right? Remember, we talked about that uh, when we were doing the, the study about the Bible and talking about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is the one. He is the one, right, because the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing or a feeling, your gut reaction. He is a whole person, okay, who comes in and illuminates the word. He is the one that when we sit there having that eureka moment where that light bulb goes off where it's just like, oh, I get it. Yeah, that's all him. Okay, but yeah, if I'm not careful, I will sit there and it's like all of a sudden I want to be the, you know, the authority, right? And kind of like Pastor said on Sunday, when you start looking at yourself like you the authority or you have all this wisdom, you know, or you you just know everything, you start making yourself into a little god. And that's not good when you make an idol of yourself. So that's something that I have to like die daily on, for real, for real. All right, and then last question. Uh, can you remember a time when you boasted in the name of the Lord? What was the result? Right. Uh, so I said, I knew I needed something, and uh, money was tight. <clears throat> I wasn't going to be able to afford it. I remember telling myself every time I needed something, God has always come through. So I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to trust God to do it. And my needs were met the very next day. He doesn't always answer right away, but the Lord always helps me every time. I don't care what the situation was. Like that was just one moment in time. I can think of another time. Um, when I was just deep in, like, despair. And at that time, I don't even think I was trying to, to listen. You know, I wasn't trying to read my word. I wasn't trying to pray. I wasn't trying to really do anything. And it was just like one day he just reached out to me. Like I felt the Lord's embrace, and he just started speaking to me. Let me know, like, I love you, and it's okay. <laughs> so, so even those those things where it felt like I was on the edge and nobody understands, nobody cares about me, and every time God is right there. So I don't care what it is. Like, he's never let me down. Maybe he didn't always give me the things that I wanted, 
or things didn't always go the way I wanted them to go, but his timing is perfect and flawless without fail. Right? And it kind of goes back to what we said or what I wrote, you know, about the people boasting in his name, right? They already knew God had provided for them before. If he did it before, he'll do it again. <laughs> you know, like, why would he just leave me now? Why would he just stop being God now? Uh, for me personally, uh, in regards to the assignment with meditating on Psalms, uh, the two verses that God keeps bringing me back to are Psalms 5, or I'm sorry, Psalms 20, verses 5 and 7. And he keeps taking me back to those over and over again. So I'm going to read from the ESV. Uh, May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Uh, Verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Right? So it just keeps coming back to me. Like, okay, this is something the Lord needs me to understand (laughs) From, from those verses. So I will definitely be studying them. Uh, meditate on those a little bit more. But, you know, just throughout that week, just reading it, pick up a Bible, read Psalms 20, come back to 5, meditate on a little bit, look at 7, read it again, and down. Whoop. Then a little bit later, oh, Psalms 20, pick it back up, do the same thing. I'll just keep doing that until I get whatever it is that he needs me to get. Okay. Now we are on week four. We're on week four's lesson. And now we we really gonna start diving in because here's the thing, like these these lessons looking in the book, right? If we just kinda just if you have the book, right, Lord, I want to know you. Seems short. But once you start doing them, it is so just, there's so, so, so much. So this is when it's going to start getting real, okay, from this point forward. Um, But today we're looking at uh, the name Elohim, which means creator, okay? So automatically starting off. Uh, Elohim is one of the names of God in the Old Testament, and it designates God as God. So the scripture that we are given for this is Deuteronomy. Let's go there. There's another thing. Make sure you got your Bible on standby because we're going to be touching quite a few scriptures today. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. Get both my Bibles ready. (laughs) Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. All right. 
Uh, let's read King James first. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. This is King James Version. Uh, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Okay, I'll read that again. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Now pay attention because you notice the word Lord is capitalized. We see it again, right? This is where I jumped ahead. We actually talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So now I'm going to read from uh, the ESV. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. Read that one more time. This is the English Standard Version, or ESV, Deuteronomy 10, verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. All right. So, diving into this, right, that word God, right, the Lord your God, that first God, is Elohim. So the Lord your God, the Lord your Elohim, is God of gods. Okay. L, the first part, L, means mighty or strong and is used for any reference to gods, including the Almighty God. Okay. It is uh, Hebrew and is translated as God in the Old Testament. However, sometimes you'll see, you might see Jehovah translated as God rather than Lord. Just know that this particular word is translated as God in Old Testament is Elohim. Okay, so this is the importance actually of doing a word study uh, or having a concordance when you're studying the Bible, so that you can look it up. Because you go in your if you have a physical concordance, which you'll do, you'll look up that word, uh, and I know in the Strong's concordance. Like, I have the Strong's Expanded, uh, what's that thing called? It's the Expanded Version of Strong's Concordance. I'm going to have to find the, the name of it. It's huge, though, and it's pretty thick, but it is the most useful tool that you could have. Like, you might have paid some money for it, but it's a, a very good investment. Um, and... I go to the word because it has the words in alphabetical order in English, and then I find the scripture that the word is in that has the scripture listed. Then I look over, it will tell me a number. I go to that number, right? And in this case, it's Hebrew, 
So I'll go to the Hebrew section, and then it tells me it tells me everything. <laughs> you know, um, the various uses and all that stuff. Okay, so don't assume that just because it's in English and oh well, I mean I I speak English, I understand it. Okay, no, you don't. Don't take for granted that just because you know what that word is that you know what it means. <laughs> now then, going back to this, right? So El in Elohim means mighty or strong, used in reference to gods, including Almighty God, and Him okay, in Hebrew is a plural ending that indicates more than one. Okay, that is very important. Now, Elohim is the name for God as creator. So let's go Genesis 1 and 1. I'll try to slow down a little bit. I know I'm going kind of fast. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and 1. Get there eventually in this Bible. <laughs> okay. And let me get into my King James. All right. So, the first word, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. This is King James. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. That word God is Elohim. All right, let's read uh, the ESV. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Relatively the same, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, that word God is Elohim. And like we just said, right, Him is plural, meaning more than one. All right. So, uh, as a K author notes, right, this could be translated in the beginning, God's created heavens and the earth. Elohim created heavens and the earth. Now, this does not mean that there's more than one God. Okay, with the big G, <laughs> not the little G. Big G. It doesn't mean that there's more than one true God. Uh, for this, she ta- g- uh, gives us Deuteronomy. Let's go back to Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy verse, or chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Okay. Let's read that. Uh, Start with King James. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. One more time. This is King James, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
Uh, and then, of course, ESV. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Again, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay? So, this tells us, right, the Lord, first of all, Lord is Jehovah in that verse. Talked about that. And then God is Elohim. Okay. So, that tells us that the Holy Trinity, right, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, were there since the beginning. Uh, We are not there, people who feel like the Trinity does not exist. (laughs) But... As we just saw, right, as we just studied together, no, he's been there since the beginning of time. God is three persons, one being, one entity. Okay? That's why that heme is there, because it's plural, more than one. Okay? So, the Holy Trinity created the heavens and the earth. Right? Um, we also see references to the different persons of the Godhead. This is from K. Author. The different persons of the Godhead participating in the work of creation. He gives us quite a few scriptures for this. But before we do that, uh, when she used that word Godhead, I was like, what does that mean? Right? And so I was like, well, I mean, you know, I probably mean like the Trinity, right? Like it, it just it's just another name for the Trinity. But I really wasn't sure. So God was like, you have your, your phone on you as you're studying. You can't look it up. You're right. <laughs> so I looked it up for myself. Okay, so Godhead in Merriam-Webster is divine nature or essence which remember we kind of talked about that again we were we did the study on the bible um and we talked about the doctrine of god how he is divine nature right divine attributes and so that's Miriam webster now from dictionary.com it is the essential being of god the supreme being the holy trinity of god the father Christ the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right, so I'll read that again because I like that definition. (laughs) Okay, the essential being of God, the supreme being, the Holy Trinity of God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. And the thing that the Lord dropped on me, I always try to write down the little nuggets when he gives them to me, is that it's better to know than to guess and think you do. I'm sorry, think you know. It's better to know than to guess and think you know. When you know that you know that you know that God the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Ghost was there, 
in the beginning. And now nobody has to really tell you that because you know for yourself you've studied it to show yourself approved, which you should because I did definitely doing this this lesson. I'm like, mm, is it Elohim? Let me look in my concordance. Let me go on Bible Hub and use their their Bible concordance real quick. Let me see. Oh, it, it okay. It's Elohim. Okay. You gotta know that you know. It's like, yeah, it say us, but who is that us? How do I know it's the Trinity? How do I know? How do you know it's the Trinity? They just told you that. You got people that are going to challenge you, okay? You got people out here, and they're going to be very convincing. So you better know. You won't be caught slipping, okay? So when you know, can't nobody tell you nothing. You ain't going to walk around in doubt. But when you think you know, and it turns out, oh, I didn't, I didn't know all that, or oh, I was wrong, starts a seed of doubt, and it disrupts everything. And sometimes it's good that you have those moments with the atheist who studies the Bible better than you do, who can quote scripture better than you do, because then it pushes you to get deeper in your word. Like you know what, I, I don't know. Let me find out. When you hear these crazy theories that just pop up, I know my guy's real, yeah, but do you know? Do you really? I've been there, so I'm just I'm telling you it's gonna happen eventually. If you're really growing in God like you should be, eventually you're gonna be challenged. That that just comes with the territory. You should be challenged. You should be pushed. You should be tested at some point because how do you know you can move on to the next grade if you ain't been tested? Like, oh, you failed. Okay, you need, we got to go back to the drum board. We got to start over. That's how we show ourselves a rule, right? Oh, better to know. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's something simple as God is, like for me. And even with this, like I said, with this lesson, study. Study after this. Find it for yourself. Bible Hub is free. You can get it as an app, or you can go access it on the website. Like I said, you can go and, you know, save up some money and buy yourself a concordance. You really don't have any excuses. None. Okay? Now, let's get to these scriptures. <laughs> so going back to Genesis, talking about how the Holy Trinity has had a hand in creation. Going back to Genesis 1, and then we're going to read uh, verses 2 and 3. All right, so this is uh, King James, Genesis 1, verses 2 and 3. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Excuse me. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So all up and through there, Elohim, just all up in there. (laughs) Because why in the beginning Elohim created the heaven and earth? He was there. And the Spirit... Of God was hovering over the waters. Who was that? The Holy Spirit. 
They were there. I was there. The Holy Trinity was there in the beginning. Okay. Uh, Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. My pastor actually talked on that one Sunday. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Okay. So uh, I'm going to read from the King James first and then the ESV as always. So King James, uh, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were seen, I'm sorry, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Read it again. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And the ESV uh, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Again, so this is ESV, Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. He made everything. Okay, what did it say in the beginning? In the beginning was God. He was there. Right? We just read that. <clears throat> he was hovering over the waters. He was there. There was nothing. Okay, and then we just read this, right? His words. The word of God. He spoke the world into existence. He created us. He created everything. Okay? He created the universe. Now then, uh, last verse that we're going to go to, not the last verse in this lesson, but the next verse uh, that shows us proof, right, is Colossians. Go to the book of Colossians. It's not too far from Hebrews. Okay, right after uh, Philippians. Book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16. Okay. Book of Colossians, chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 16. All right? So let's read that together. So uh, King James first. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, 
all things were created for, by him, and for him. That again, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. No, none belong to you. It belongs to God. <laughs> okay? He created that. Um, reading ESV. Lost my space. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, ESV. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Again, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Okay? Oh, everything has a purpose. He made it for himself, according to his will. Now, even in the creation of man, so even when he made us, we see, once again, we see the Godhead. Okay, back to Genesis, verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And King James reads, And God said, or Elohim, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Terrified of roaches, y'all. But he gave me dominion over them roaches. <laughs> Doesn't stop me from being afraid of them, right? But I got dominion over them. Okay? So I'll read that again. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Uh, Let's read the ESV. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. One more time. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the 
birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay. Who did that? Elohim did that. Holy Trinity, right there. Again, there's one of the things where, yeah, I've, I've read it before, but I never really took the time to study it, to really look at it until today. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's why they were saying us. Again, I've heard those things before. Like, yeah, I mean us. Is yeah, but to know that his name and that is translated from Elohim. And that heme is plural, meaning more than one. It does something for me, at least. Like, oh, now I know that I know that I know that it's the Holy Trinity. It's not just, you know, something that somebody told me. I know for myself now. Right? At least for me. <laughs> it's somebody else. So that us is referring to more than one person. Okay? It's referring to the Godhead, the Holy Trinity. So, what significance is this name to us? How can the name Elohim serve as a strong tower to us? Okay, that's the question that is posed to to us right in this lesson. What significance is the name? Is this name to us? How can the name Elohim serve as a strong tower to us? And so she follows up with another question. If God is the creator of all things, who has given us life? Elohim. Right? And why were we created? For him. All right. Now, we did read that other the other scripture, right? I think that was, uh, what was it, Colossians. Uh, all things were made by him and through him. But she also gives us Psalms 139, verses 13, 14. Psalms 139. I get that. Okay. Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. Get there in a second on the other Bible. 139, 13 and 14. All right, so King James, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And in verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I'll read those two verses again. And this is Psalms 139, 13 and 14, uh, King James Version. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. ESV says, uh, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. 
knitted me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I'll read one more time. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You made me. Okay. Verse 14, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You are a wonderful work. Because God made you. Okay. Uh, Kay Arthur in this book, she talks about her friend who um, has dwarfism. Okay. And says she's no more than three feet tall. So she has to, she has a normal sized head, right? So head like like a regular adult, but the rest of her body is dwarfed. And so she has to walk in this kind of stroller-like contraption to move around. Okay? But her friend, she says, she knows her Elohim, and she realizes that he created her just the way she is for a purpose. Now, this was the part that I had to highlight for myself. Please don't tell me God had nothing to do with her physical condition. If I were to believe that, I'd have to deny his sovereignty, his word, and his name. I'll read that again. Please don't tell me God had nothing to do with her physical condition. If I were to believe that, I'd have to deny his sovereignty, his word, and his name. Because we just said he created all of us. Right? He he is the creator. He brings life into existence. So he made us exactly how he wanted us to be. So you're tall, you're short, whatever it may be. He made you the way he made you. So if you turn around and you're like, oh, that child was born deaf, that child was born blind, that child was born lame or whatever, oh, well, you know, God didn't have anything to do with it. You are now denying his sovereignty, saying he's not creator. And he already told us we are a marvelous work. I don't care what you think that person looked like to you. They are marvelous and beautiful to God. But they got vitiligo, whatever it is, physical impairment, I don't care. We are all the marvelous work. Okay? So she reminds us of this, and she uh, references Exodus chapter 4. So let's go there. Second book in the Bible. So Exodus chapter 4. 
verses 10 and 11. And this is when Moses is talking to God, right? Because he just told him, okay, Moses, I choose you. I want you to go out there. I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. I want you to go tell him all these things I'm giving you to say, <laughs> right? And Moses is thinking about his own impairment, right, his own uh, imperfections. Okay, so let's read that. So verse, or I'm sorry, this is Exodus 4, verses 10 and 11. This is King James Version. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Read that again. Verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am of slow speech and of a slow tongue. Verse 11, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Let's read that in the ESV. <laughs> but Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past, for since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and of tongue. Verse 11, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Read that again one more time. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then verse 11, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So again, I, you know, pastors reference the scripture before, but it's just good to get some clarity, right? <laughs> um, in case you forgot, he made everybody. He made, you know, K. Arthur's uh, friend, who's a dwarf, dwarfism. He made the deaf and the blind. He made the speaking and the mute. He made all of them. Moses was like, Lord, you know, I can't speak well. The Lord looking at him like, who made your mouth? <laughs> who made, who do you think made you? for my glory, right? Which she gives another scripture for that. Why would God create people different from his normal pattern of creation? Why allow a sperm to penetrate an egg if it would be a quote-unquote genetic disaster, something that we feel like is terrible, awful, abnormal? Why would God allow that? Well, let's find out. Let's go to John. There nine. Book of John is in the Gospels. 
right after Luke, John chapter 9. Go there. Okay, we're going to read John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. Right now, Jesus is with his disciples. Okay, actually, let's read 1 through 1 through 3 so we can get that context. All right, so starting at verse 1, we'll read down to 3. Uh, this is John chapter 9, King James Version. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, we just read in Exodus, the Lord told Moses, okay, not Moses telling Moses, the Lord told Moses, who makes who makes the deaf and the blind, right, the mute? Who makes all those people? I do. Did, not create, did I not create them? Right? So he passes by. And he sees a man who's blind from his birth. He was born blind. Verse 2, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So, again, at that time, that was what they believed, right? If, if somebody was born with some kind of disfigurement, Whatever, then it, oh, the parents must have done something. They must have sinned. And that's why their child came out like that. I mean, it sounds ugly now, right? It sounds horrible. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why your child is blind. Can you imagine hearing that? Your child came out blind because you must have did something. That's why it came out like that. That's why your child can't see. Sometimes we say ugly stuff like that just in general, right? It's funny, I, I listened to a podcast today about gossiping and how our mouths can cause a lot of damage. We are supposed to be spreading life, and we speak death and just destruction over people, right? Well, you know why they like that, because they daddy, they mama. A family, you know. You know, it's like, don't, man, come on. <laughs> but you know, that's a whole another list for a whole other time. So, again, they see him, right? And they ask, Master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind, right? Did he sin? He was born like this. And Jesus answered, this is verse 3. Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel so good. <laughs> I'll read that again. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Something is made manifest to manifest as if it comes out from it. It shows, right? It's revealed from within you. Okay? Let's read uh, the ESV real quick. All right? Uh, again, this is John chapter 9, and we're reading verses 
1 through 3. As he passed by, talking about Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. Verse 2, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him, right? to show, to reveal, to display. That's what manifest means. So let's read that all again. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, verse 2. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, that the works of God might be displayed to him. Now, I do want to note, it does say in the scripture, and you have to remember uh, the reason why Jesus came is because they were basically kind of misinterpreting the scriptures. But there is in the, in the Old Testament, now i got to go, I'm going to have to write that down for next week, find them scriptures. But God does warn the people as they're leaving Egypt, okay, if you disobey me, if you go astray from me, I'm going to allow sickness to come upon you, right? I'm going to allow your, your enemies to be over you, okay? Again, it's, it's like they were thinking, okay, you must have done something for your child to be born like this. And Jesus letting us know, okay, this person who you looking at was blind, or you know who you call crippled, maybe that, that you know that's a horrible word, but you know they had to use a wheelchair or whatever. That's for God's glory. So, it, it that in itself. It's just amazing. It doesn't matter how ugly you are, how ugly you think you are, I should say, or um, what kind of flaws or imperfections you have. God is going to take that and use it for his glory. Okay? My voice. I can't tell you how often I got teased for being a girl with a deeper voice. It felt awful. And it's definitely not good. I don't know why we do that to young girls, um, young boys too. But, you know, just speaking as someone who was a young girl, our self-esteem is critical, especially as like teenagers. So the things that you, you know, you sit there teasing somebody about, can create insecurities and problems down the road because you were quote-unquote playing, but you really weren't playing because why would you say ugly stuff like that to somebody? I don't know. Okay? People who, you know, mock me, told me I sound like a man, you know, I mean, just awful little things. So I spent most of my life trying to speak higher in my actual voice up until I was about, I'm 32 now, and I was about 30, 31. But one day I was at camp. <laughs> at camp, I had just performed some poetry at uh, an open mic night that they had the night before, and this couple approached me and like, well, you love your voice. No one's ever told me that. 
ever. He loves your voice. It's so soothing and, and rich. Like, it just you just have such a nice tone and sound. I said, really? <laughs> Again, no one has ever told me that. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's just great. You should do, you should speak more often. You should do stuff more often. And I've always been told I sound like a man. That my voice is too deep. I, you know, I don't look the way I sound, which I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Or I don't sound the way I look. So I guess my voice is supposed to sound higher. Because <laughs> I look like my voice should sound higher? I don't know. But that moment really did something. It was like a pivotal moment. Then it was like, you know, why have I been ashamed of my voice? He put this boom <laughs> in this tiny little frame. Like, I don't know, maybe catch people off guard. I don't know why he gave me the voice that he gave me, but he gave it to me for a reason. Right? So the very things that people mock you for or that you put yourself down for, God specifically gave you, made you, molded you, and shaped you that way for a reason. For his glory. That he could become manifest and display himself through you. Like, oh, the same people that you were sitting there teasing and making fun of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use them to do wonderful things. Because if you notice, he consistently used, he didn't come to the people who had it all together. He specifically called the ones who was messed up some kind of way, fell short, was not all what you would imagine, and yet he called them and did wonderful things to them so people would see, wow, I look at God. Because if you try to use the one who's gotten, you know, they think they got it all together, because let's be honest, nobody really has it all together. But they think they got it all together, they would think it was all them. They would think it was all them. Okay, y'all. I just saw my time. I'm going to try to, let's see. We got a little bit left, so I'm going to try to wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll be getting caught up. Okay. So, uh, yes, if you are unhappy with yourself, with your child, with a loved one, uh, whatever it is, run into the strong tower of the name of your Elohim. And again, we are reminded of that memory verse from Proverbs 18 and 10. So let's go ahead. Let's go back. Let's read that real quick. I'll just read from the ESV this time since I got it right here. 18 and 10, Proverbs, and this is the English Standard Version for ESV. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So whenever you feel weak, whatever it is, run to your strong tower. You got a, a difficult child on your hands. Run to your strong tower. They pressing you at work. Run to your strong tower. 
situation is looking pretty bad, run to your strong tower. You feel lonely or lost, ugly, run to your strong tower. Now, she also says, you may not understand how your situation could ever bring him glory, but you can trust in the name of your Lord. For that, we have Isaiah 50 and 10. I'll read that real quick. Isaiah 50 and 10, from ESV. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Read that one more time. Who among you fear the Lord, fears the Lord, and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Again, it doesn't matter what your situation looks like, God's going to use it, and he's going to get all the glory. Because he's always working for our good. Now, the last two, we have Psalms, chapter 7. Let me get there. Uh, Psalm 7, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 17. Um, chapter 7, verse 17. <clears throat> this is ESV again. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. One time. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. Praise. And then back to Deuteronomy. And then 17. I'll read that again. Again, it's ESV. Uh, For the Lord your God is God of gods, for your God, Elohim, is God and Lord of Lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no pride. The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of Lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no pride. Now, y'all know we always got an assignment. Okay, so uh, this week's assignment, write out a prayer of worship to your creator. Sing praise to your God and Father as Elohim. Um, I was tempted to read my prayer today, but I'm going to stay consistent and I'm going to read it to y'all next week. Okay, Um, I will end this with a, a song of praise, though. It was a song I was saying this morning. Um, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. 
angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh my Lord, what a mighty God we serve, what a mighty God we serve, angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him, what a mighty God we serve. All right, y'all. And our memory verse for this lesson is Romans 11 and 36. For him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That is it, and I'm sorry, you know, I'd be trying to keep you down. Um, sometimes it just works out that way. <laughs> so I do hope y'all got something from this week's lesson. Uh, remember that you can go back and listen to these up until, you know, the next Thursday. I uh, hope that y'all have a great weekend. Take care, and God bless. And don't forget, do do your assignment. Write your prayer of worship to God and sing to him. <laughs> they got to be the best singer. You can sing to yourself. I did this morning, so there you go. <laughs> Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.